the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Your world frightens and confuses me. Well, good, then I'm doing my job well. I am black, and you are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. This is where we're living our lives like they matter. This is where we confront the truth with power. This is where we give you back your power. Remember, Dr. Viktor Frankl said, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. And that's what this radio show is about, giving you back your power, giving you back your freedom. And today, I'm going to continue what I do well, and I ask questions. You know, a good leader learns to ask the right questions. And a good leader truly never asks a question. They're not pretty sure of what the answer is. But a good leader lives an examined life, and a good leader helps other people live that same said examined life. And so today, we're going to be like the angels, they said to Elijah, what, what are we doing here, right? What are we doing? Or how about this better question, how did we get here? Because what are we doing here? Kind of is, uh, it, there's really not an answer for it. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those what we might call a rhetorical question. But the question, how did we get here? Ah, that's more than re- re- rhetorical, right? That actually deserves an answer. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to a- answer the question, how did we get here? See, many times in life, changes happen that are not intentional, even conscious. You know, we always say that the only constant in life is change. We're always changing. The day we're born, we're one day closer to death. Our marriage is either getting better or it's getting worse. You're either closer to God today than you were yesterday or further away. Don't you get it? We're never staying the same. And sometimes some of those changes happen without our conscious purview, without our conscious choice. They didn't weren't intentional. Uh, I'm 56 years old. I'm getting older. I, I thought I had this age thing beat until about the last three years, right? And then all of a sudden, I've noticed changes that I didn't ask for. I wasn't aware that were going on. But boy, have they changed, right? How about our marriages? We just cel- celebrated Valentine's Day. And how many of you, uh, in celebrating that Valentine's Day, reminisced or thought about what it was like when you first got together? That spark, that fire, that enticement, that excitement, the things that used to turn you on and you could, uh, you just loved about that person now annoy you uh, and you can't stand them about that Stop person, it. right? Right? There was change that took place. And let's be honest. Most of us, if we were honest, which we don't, we lie because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, we would love to go back to how things used to be in our relationship. 
instead of how they are until now. I know you would never say that to someone else because you might not get what you want, but it's the sad reality. Remember, it was Jesus said, the truth will set you free. But it was Garfield that said, but first, it'll make you miserable. And so today we're going to talk about some of those changes, whether intentional or not, or even conscious or not. See, they are not for the better, and they were not consciously changed, but change happened anyways. That's why you have things like the camel's nose and boiling frogs or slow fade. This is how we explain that little bitty change, right? The good news is that we can, it can all be traced back to what zone we are living and our belief system. And once you understand this, the next question is the most important. What are you going to do about it? And so today, we want to ask the question, how did we get here? Because let's be honest. Unless you're just living in la-la land, unless you just hate Donald Trump and you vote Democrat no matter what they do and no matter how many people they kill or whatever, you're going to be a happy Democrat, this probably doesn't apply to you and you should probably not listen to the radio show. But for the rest of us, I truly believe that we want to uh, live in a great country where we want to do the right thing and have the right thing done to us, that we want our our freedoms honored, uh, that we want to stand out as a people, as a country, that we want to be that shining light on the hill, that we want to be able to stand before God and man someday and feel good about what we did and how we treated people, right? And so today we're going to go and ask the question, how did we get here? And I don't know if you're familiar. I don't know if it's Kings or Chronicles, but in there to talk about Elijah. And Elijah was going up against one of the, the baddest kings uh, of Israel there ever was, King Ahab. And so it was a showdown time. It was showdown because there was a, a famine in the land and uh, uh, King Ahab was getting pretty upset. Uh, or actually his wife was getting pretty upset with Elijah. And so the battle was drawn, battle lines drawn. So one day they all come together and they say, listen, let's have a competition. It'll be God, Jehovah, Yahweh against your God. And here's what we'll do. We'll take a sacrifice. We'll put him on a sac- the altar and then we'll see whose God is the real God. And then today we should choose which God are we going to follow. If your God be the God of the world, then let's follow him. If Jehovah be the God of the world, then let's follow him. And so great story. You should read about it. Uh, and they, the, 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 um, uh, the pagans, they put their sacrifice on the altar. They pray to their God. They do all this, do all that. Uh, and nothing's happening. And Elijah's mocking him. Oh, is your God, maybe he's taking a pee. Maybe he's relieving himself. Maybe if you scream louder. Maybe if you cut yourself more. Maybe if he ripped your clothes more. Maybe you would, right? And he's mocking them. And so nothing happens. And so then it's Elijah's turn. And Elijah gets cocky. So listen, you know what we're going to do? Why don't you douse that altar with water? Why don't you fill up the little trench below the altar? Soak that thing with water. Put more water on it. And then I'm going to call on God. And he called down God from heaven and said, light this thing up. And when he said that, that thing lit up. Uh, It evaporated everything. And the story goes on. People saw that uh, Jehovah, Yahweh, that Elijah's God was the true God. And so they killed the 500 prophets of Baal. Uh, And then Elijah is off there reveling in spiritual victory. And all of a sudden he gets a note from Jezebel. And she says, by the time the sun goes down, if I haven't killed you, may my life be taken. And so then Elijah took off running like a scared little baby. And God had to take care of him. Angels fed him. The doves, birds fed him. 
But then one morning, after sleeping, he was told to sleep. When he woke up, the angel said to Elijah very simply, what are you doing here? How did you get here? We just had this great spiritual victory. And then some woman, not even the king himself, some woman, some flesh, threatened your life, and you took off running like a scared little puppy. How did we get here? And today I want to pose that question. How did we get to where we are? How did we get to where we're afraid of each other? How did we get to a place where we don't speak our mind? How do we get to a place where we no longer guide our children? How do we get to a place where our kids are living at home at 45 years old? How do we get to the place where uh, we can't inspire people, that people don't have hope? How do we get to a place where over 100 million Americans are struggling mentally? How do we get to a place where cops are gunned down and targeted? How do we get to this place where it doesn't even look like America? How do we get to this place where now we have censorship and we have political opponents being attacked and jailed, and if you don't agree with the group mentality, then you're evil? Ladies and gentlemen, we got to shake it off. We got to step up. Once we figure out how we got here, then we need to figure out how do we go back or at least go to a better place. And so today I'm going to lay out the case. I'm going to show you that we didn't get here by accident, that there was a series of steps. And why does this matter? Because individually the same thing happens. There are three questions of clear vision. Where am I now? Where am I going? And what will it take to get there and how long? And by asking these questions and finding true answers, it'll allow us to answer the first question as well, which was how did we get here? So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going deep. So we'll be back in three minutes. Put your thinking caps on. I'm Black. We'll be right back. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. I don't know. awakening impacts even the seasoned pros take a listen to these comments from kevin who recently attended leadership awakening i've struggled with a lot of things i've been in so many different trainings followed tony robbins john maxwell all these great self-development gurus but i have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through what we went through was absolutely amazing and i'd love to share it with as many people as i could I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. 
Want a place where your child learns to form their own opinions, seek the truth, and see the world through God's prism? At Liberty Classical Academy, love of God and country is not controversial. They teach the foundational principles of Western civilization, including the U.S. Constitution. They're raising up the next generation of responsible citizens this country needs. Discover how your child can begin a life that inspires at the Kindergarten Open House on February 17th. Register today at libertyclassicalacademy.org. Join the Freedom Insider Club today, and you could win a copy of our Regnery Book of the Month, Bully of Asia, Why China's Dream is the New Threat to World Order, by Stephen Mosier. Register to win at freedom1570.com. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. I suggest in the strongest possible terms that you start telling us what you know. I don't know. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today we're digging a little bit deeper and asking the question, how did we get here? And it's not by accident, ladies and gentlemen. It's not by accident. This is why I bring up things like the camel's nose. I love this concept, the camel's nose in the tent. So this is from medium.com. One cold night, as an Arab sat in his tent, a camel gently thrust his nose under the flap and looked in. Master, he said, let me put my nose in your tent. It's cold and stormy out here. By all means, said the Arab, and welcome, as he turned over and went back to sleep. A little later... The Arab was awoken again to find that the camel had not only put his nose in the tent, but his head and his neck as well. The camel, who had been turning his head from side to side, said, I will take but little more room if I place my forelegs within the tent. It is difficult standing out here. After a little delay, the Arab said, Yes, you may put your forelegs within, said the Arab, moving a little bit to make room for the tent was very small. Finally, the camel said, may I not stand wholly inside? I keep the tent open by standing as I do. Yes, yes, said the Arab. Come wholly inside. Perhaps it will be better for both of us. So the camel crowded in. The Arab, with difficulty in the crowded quarters again, went to sleep. When he woke up the next time, he was outside in the cold. And the camel had the tent to himself. You know, it's so powerful. 
And I love a good story, a good analogy, a good metaphor. And that's really what the camel's nose is. It's a metaphor used to describe a situation where a small, slightly unacceptable situation is permitted, thereby opening the door for continual worsening. Not going to do it. Until it eventually slides into an out-of-control, undesirable, isn't that amazing, situation. It's just stunning because that's what happened. We, we sell out a little bit. And, you know, I think it's something called, I think it's a Hegel's dialect. And it's really what's going on. It's the whole crisis. You know, you have this thesis. I mean, whether you're talking about Marxism or communism, you know, if you look at on paper, uh, communism uh, conceptually is a pretty good idea. Uh, it is. I've, I've been on a kibbutz in Israel before where it's all shared, where it's all shared collectively, where nobody has their own stuff logically, I mean, it sounds like a good idea, but it never works this way. And see, communism is the fact that we're all equal, uh, supposedly. But there's never been a pure state of, quote, communism. We go always have to go from a police state to communism because how else are you going to get those people that have stuff to give up their stuff, right? You've got to take it by force. So there always requires a, quote, police state. Yeah, that's it. Give them hell, Harry, right? That's it right there, right? It always requires a police state. The problem is we never leave the police state. Why? Because human nature. Because of human nature. So what happens is we have this thesis. Let's call it our comfort zone, the normal. And then all of a sudden there's a crisis. And sometimes there are crises that are created. I believe this was a pandemic. I don't believe this what happened was by accident. I believe this uh, was made in a lab. I think it was released from a lab. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it was released. I believe people knew about this. Uh, I believe it was released by China uh, to hurt the world and to put a crisis on the world. And why would we ever want a crisis on the world? Because haven't you noticed what happens? What happens, you have a norm. You have a status quo. You have what we call a thesis. And then what happens, there has to be some crisis. And this crisis, what it does, because people are afraid, and when people get afraid, you know what they do? They give up their rights because they want someone to take care of them. And we don't follow after God anymore, but we follow after Joe Biden and his progressive government. And so that's now become our God. The God of the left is the God of government. So what happens now, there's a crisis. So we cry out to the government to protect us. So what the government does is it gets Facebook to start censoring things that, that go against the narrative things that might hurt their candidate for being elected, because we all know the other candidate is evil. And so the end justifies the means, hook or crook. It doesn't matter, even if you got to make up a story about this guy, plant evidence on this guy, right? That's where good cops go bad, right? They know this guy is guilty, but they just don't have the evidence. So all they're doing is plant a little evidence just to make sure that the outcome is what it should be. It's clear as day that that guy's guilty. He just did a perfect crime. So we're just planting some evidence. Not that we're bad cops. It's just that this guy's going to get away with murder. So we got to make sure that doesn't happen. So even though I did something illegal and planted evidence, even though I did a false statement, even though I got a fake witness to come have false accusations against him, the guy's guilty. So it really wasn't bad. That's hook or crook. That's where the ends justify the means. And so what happens, there becomes a crisis. And then what happens is we now find ourselves in a new thesis, a synthesis, an antithesis that is way away from what our normal was. And in a normal situation, we would never accept 
this crisis what's going on. But what happens is we start getting used to it. We start getting used to it. And what happens is eventually the crisis goes away, it's downplaying, and then we never go back to the original thesis. What we do is we go back to this new synthesis, this new thesis, that's not where it used to be, but it's not as bad as the crisis. So it's right in the middle. And this is how they use the camel's nose to take away our rights. I mean, in England, they'll stand in line for 12 hours to walk through a church to see the historical background of that church. But they don't show up on Sunday. Sunday, there's no line. Sunday, no one goes to church because they're a godless country now. But boy, will they stand in line for 12 hours to see the queen's diamonds and jewels and to hear about what happened 200 years ago. So the camel's nose is a metaphor used to describe a situation where small, slightly unacceptable situations permitted, thereby opening the door for continual worsening until it eventually slides into an out-of-control, undesirable situation. And by the way, I brought up some other ideas. Uh, You know, you've heard them. Give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Domino effect. Slippery slope. You know, I always like to compare it to the boiling frogs, you know. Uh, The boiling frog concept is you put a frog in a pot of boiling water. As stupid as that creature was, it's going to jump out because it's hot. However, if you put a live frog in a lukewarm pot of water and you slowly, just slow incremental changes, you slowly bring it to a boil, I've been told you might want to have garlic butter ready. Now... I've never done it. I don't know if that's true or not. But the camel's nose is similar to boiling frogs. But as I'm reading this in uh, medium.com, it makes an interesting point. He says, but they are different. And listen to the difference. I had never thought about this. The camel's nose refers to small liberties giving way to a gradually worsening situation. Boiling frogs is allowing something to happen slowly enough so that the impact isn't noticed at all. That's an interesting difference. So boiling frogs are allowing something to happen slowly enough so that the impact isn't noticed at all. But with a camel's nose, it's a drastic difference. And it goes on to say, by the way, in addition, camel's nose always results in a gradually worsening situation. A boiling frog, on the other hand, while often used in negative sense, can also result in positive outcomes, right? And so here's a great example of a camel's nose situation. Listen, I think they did a great example. So you lend a friend a dime one day, okay? So the next day they return. Now they need a dollar. Then a slightly higher amount the following week. Come on, on. Until one day, yeah, you realize you're president. Until one day you realize they owe you thousands of dollars and somehow you've become their personal bank account. By the way, this is why a lot of people won't help because they're afraid of the camel's nose. They're afraid if they do something now that they're going to be required to do something tomorrow. They're afraid that they do something for this person, they're going to have to do it for somebody else. I mean, think about this. This shows up in a company, right? Think about this. A company is undergoing financial difficulty and declares they can't pay you for your services that week. So you accept the situation given the circumstances, but continue to work for the company on the promise that you will be paid next month. Over time, the company continues to fail to pay for work supplied until you finally realize that you are owed for months, which we will never see. And we see that in the gradual erosion of our civil liberties, right? And here's the example. 
a compulsory taking of fingerprints at some international airports, right, recently moved to domestic airports in the U.K., plus a head photograph of each passenger. And it's criticized as a step toward the gradual erosion of a person's right to privacy. Look at this whole thing with the shots, where they can now mandate that you have to have a shot and you can't come home if you get sick, right? Emily Dickinson wrote about this. It's called Crash's Law. Uh, the subtitle is Crumbling is Not an Instance Act of Fundamental Pause. Dilapidations processes are organized decays. Tis first a cobweb on the soul, a cuticle of dust, a borer in the axis, an elemental rust. Ruin is formal, devil's work, consecutive and slow. Fell in an instant, no man did. Slipping is crashes. Law. That's so powerful. And it's really about the law of decay. Everything's decaying. Everything's decaying. Law is used as if it's a scientific law like the law of gravitation or Boyle's law. Slipping is the fundamental element of Crash's law of ruin. The law describes a gradual process of crumbling, rusting, and failure. And ladies and gentlemen, if we're not aware, that's what happens to us. We are unconscious creatures. And there's a powerful critical mass that's pulling us away from God, away from values, away from everything that used to be American. And the key to figure out is how did we get here? And after the break, I'm going to break down how we got there. It all has to do with our BS. It's all about our belief systems. When you change your beliefs, you change your mind. You change your life. You change your country. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going deep. We're answering the question, how did we get here? We'll be right back. Oh, cheats and liars. Yes, I know that. Listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive, professional, communication training, to, to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before and it's there's nothing like it there's 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 no way to explain it with words you have to experience it leadership awakening change your heart change your mind change your life go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next leadership awakening it's not only changing lives it's saving lives that's likeitmatters.net slash schedule We wanted a four-wheel drive SUV, so we just stopped at Invergrove Hyundai, and we like what we see. And obviously, the same day, even, I bought one. Hi, this is Gary in Maplewood, and that started the relationship with uh, Invergrove Hyundai, and I'm on my third Hyundai since. I've bought at least 20 new cars, and in all the dealerships that I've dealt with, I've never felt more at home and appreciated than I have with Invergrove Hyundai. I would just say that anybody looking for a vehicle, give uh, Invergrove Hyundai a shot at it. You'll be happy you did. I would more than highly recommend Invergrove Hyundai. I'm a partner of theirs forever, just for the way I was treated at, uh, at their dealership. I, I just can't say enough. 
Every new Hyundai, like the 2022 Santa Fe, comes with America's best warranty, 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain, and Hyundai Assurance. Check out their new inventory arriving daily at InvergroveHyundai.com. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And no, I had someone reach out. No, I'm not going to Vegas today. Uh, We had to reschedule the Vegas class uh, to May 12th through the 14th. Yep, I sent out a newsletter announcing that, and our schedule is always available on our website. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule. And then you'll see the day. Our next class is March 3rd through 5th, and it is overbooked. It is closed. We're at 18 people. Normally, our target class size, we like to keep them at 12, but we'll out to 16, but this is 18. Uh, so uh, that's closed. Our next class after that, we're still looking for a hotel. Someone out there own a hotel in the Minneapolis, well, in Minnesota, I should say. We're still looking for a hotel, uh, two and a half days. And so we'd love to do it March 24th through 26th or March 31st through April 2nd. We're looking back to come back to liberal Twin Cities, but do it in a conservative area to where we're not. Uh, ridiculed or rolled by those mask mandates. Uh, after that, we'll be back in Vegas. I mean, back in Vegas. We'll be back in Dallas, April 21st through 23rd. Uh, May 12th through 14th, we'll be in Las Vegas. Uh, and then I think it's June 9th through 11th, back in Dallas. And I will go anywhere. All you got to do is give me at least six people. I need a man of peace, a woman of peace, a company of peace. Uh, in the ministry, whenever you're going into a strange land, you always want to connect with someone who knows other people. They're called the man of peace. And their job is to introduce you to other people. When I'll take my training anywhere. I need at least six people to do my class effectively. And so we need someone, a person of peace, a man of peace, a woman of peace, a company of peace, uh, that can guarantee us that they their credibility can get six people in the class. And then I have graduates all over the world for the last 30 years so we can fill it up. That's how we went to Las Vegas with Ecotent and Mike Rhodes brought us out there, did two classes, filled up those classes. That's how we did it in in Arkansas, in Conway, Arkansas. We had City Church, Joey uh, Cook and Lane Long. Uh, the senior pastor and the worship leader went through my training, were blown away by the power of it. Uh, and then we did two other classes in Conway uh, with members of their church and then other people that I put in there. So we will go anywhere. Uh, we just need people that can commit. Uh, can You have to have enough credibility to get at least six people in the class, and then we'll take it from there. So reach out to me, Mr. Dot Black at likeitmatters.net, Mr. Dot Black at likeitmatters.net. And today we're asking the question, how did we get here? And I'm going to tell you right now how we got here. It's all about BS. Now, 
I am in Texas. My radio show, I do it from Texas, but it's broadcast locally there in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, Texas is my first home, Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, the Twin Cities are my second home. Although I haven't been home for a couple of years since you guys got so liberal, since the whole George Floyd crap. I have not been back there since then. Yeah, every time something bad happens to someone of color, the whole place burns down. Uh, you guys need to fix that. Yeah, it's hard to do business in a place like that. It's hard to bring kids to a place like that. It's hard to bring sanity to a place like that. So Minneapolis, you're better than that. So I'm working to get back there. But today we're talking about how did we get here. It's all about BS. It's all about belief systems. Remember um, Dr. Adler. Dr. Adler, I think his first name was Philip. I'm not sure. I think it's Philip. Uh, he said that by the time a child is five years old, the majority of their map of reality is in place. Everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And yet most people don't know what they believe. Uh, it's very powerful. Uh, and here's how it works. We have a belief system, and then we learn something, and that belief system changes. Now, I'm not going to go into how belief systems uh, arrive. There's lots of different ways. Sometimes uh, we have no say-so in our belief systems. Uh, our, our, our culture puts them on us. Our family of origin puts them on us. The fact that you were raped or molested or abused all your childhood, we create belief systems. That's what logotherapy is, man's will to meaning, if A, then B. And that's why a little kid all the time asks you, what, daddy? Why are they doing that, mommy? Why are they doing that, daddy? Why is that girl saying that, mommy? Why is that person doing that, daddy? What they're doing is they're creating belief systems because everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And so you got to understand what you believe. So there's lots of different ways. There's called threshold experience. Uh, and there are some beliefs that we consciously create. But I want you to know everything we do or do not do is driven by belief. So you have a belief. Then we learn something. And that belief system changes. That's a, a pattern. This is why I tell you, our one organ in our body that never has to deteriorate is our brain. It has unlimited plasticity. You can keep your brain as young as possible. But remember the word atrophy. If you don't use it, you will lose it. Things that aren't used, things that aren't uh, readily available, things that aren't accessed on a regular basis and activity and blood flowing and all that, they start to atrophy and we start to lose them. And so part of what I do at likeitmatters.net is I get inside at the unconscious level. I get into the structure of experience because everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And yet most people don't know what they believe. But this is why you got to read a book now and then that doesn't have smutter vampires. You know, we have every book ever written accessible on the Internet. You can go, uh, people think I, I'm the, I graduated seminary. No, I studied the Word of God. I have every every glossary. I have the, the English dictionary. I have the Hebrew dictionary. I have concordances. I have the uh, Greek, all that stuff. I don't have to know the information. I just have to know where to get the information. Same with you. Henry Ford, look it up, was once sued for being stupid. And his defense was that he didn't need to know the information. He just needed to have people around him that knew the information. And that's a true story. And the people around you is called the Internet. One out of every three Internet searches is for pornography. So that's why I say, uh, you know, that Internet's good for a lot more than looking at porn. From midnight to 3 a.m., here are the three most Googled words. Depression, suicide, porn. So when no one's looking in the inner recesses of people's minds, what they're looking up is depression, suicide, and porn. Okay, terrific.
Yeah, that's why we're in the mess we're in. But I want to prove my point because again, I made a, I, I, I made a supposition. I posited uh, that uh, we have a belief, and then we learn something. That belief changes, and the problem is when we become sheeple, we don't learn something. When we just take other people's word for it. I'm stunned. I thought we had so many patriotic Americans, so many patriotic Americans that were turned off by Donald Trump because supposedly he was unpatriotic. Supposedly uh, he hated America. Supposedly it was not true at all, but supposedly. So now we got this. So all this hatred, all this bitterness replaced this guy. And now we got a guy in office who's incompetent, who is getting people killed, who's destroying our economy, who shut down our, 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 our oil and gas industry. Our gas is double the price in a year. Uh, inflation's going through the roof worse than 40 years. Uh, he's given Iran a nuclear bomb. Uh, we got fentanyl coming in the southern border that's killing more people under 45 than anything else. Come on, we have man. Millions of Ill, yeah, millions of illegal immigrants being secretly flown out into different cities in the middle of the night, not COVID tested, not COVID protected, given money, bought uh, houses or, or rental at motels, given funding, all this going on. And now we find out that Hillary Clinton spied, that Hillary Clinton used bad, bad, bad ideas, spied, planted evidence, uh, went broke into his server, did all this to get elected president, and then spied on him and had a plan in place to destroy him as president once he got elected. And no one seems to care. The media won't even report it. This is 10 times worse than Watergate. And imagine if the country never took a look at Watergate. So again, let me prove my point. I used to believe in Santa Claus. Right? That was a belief system I had. But then I grew up. I learned that it was mom and dad doing all that stuff, not Santa Claus. Right? How about this? We were told that a Portuguese explorer, Ferdinand Magellan, was the first man to circumnavigate the globe. Remember, we used to believe the earth was flat. And so uh, Ferdinand Magellan got four ships, three or four ships, uh, and they crew went off to prove that the world was flat. I mean, the world was round. They would circumnavigate the globe. He died on the way, so he never made it. But yet he's credited with being the first man to circumnavigate the globe. But it's a lie because on his journey, he died. But there was two other boats that made it to the starting line, and one of them finished. And one of them left point A, and they went and went and went and went and went and went and went. And they eventually winded up, wound up just where they started. And they realized the world wasn't flat, but it was round. And by the way, it wasn't Ferdinand Magellan that did it. It was either Juan Sebastian Elcano, uh, who was one of his indentured servants, or, or it was a Malay slave of Magellan called Enrique de Malacca. They were actually, because they were on the ship that kept going and going and going, and wound up where it happened. Where it was supposed to. How about this one? Yeah. How about this one? Remember that guy, uh, the origin of the species, Darwin? Do you realize that he, when he was around, his the ability of microscopes to magnify was about 100. Today we can magnify 100,000 times. And in the book Origin of the Species, he makes the claim, he makes the claim that if a single-cell organism is more than a simple organism, his entire theory is flawed. Today, we can magnify something 100,000 times. Do you know how much DNA is in the nucleus of a single-cell amoeba? Enough DNA to fill up an entire set of Encyclopedia Britannicas. You know, 20 to 22 books, number 10 font, double-side printed, about 500 pages each. 
That's how much DNA is in the nucleus of a single-cell amoeba. If you take the whole amoeba, there's enough to fill up a thousand sets of Encyclopedia Britannica. So by, by his own theory, Darwin says he's full of crap. He said because single-cell simplicity doesn't exist. You know where you'll find single-cell simplicity? Right next to unicorns and jackalopes. Wrong. And they don't exist either. Matter of fact, look up the book Biology of Belief. Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton about a dozen years ago. He said everything we believed about what, uh, what drove a cell, we've been wrong. He said we've always believed that the nucleus drove the cell. But he said we're wrong. It's the cell membrane. And so he said, quote, we're technically a community of 300 trillion cells, all driven by our environment. And the greatest environment we have is between the stimulus and the response. The greatest environment we have is in our heads. The greatest environment we have that affects us is what we believe. And after the break, I want to break down our beliefs into six categories so you can take a look at what you believe and ask yourself, should I be believing this? Does it have value? We'll be right back. I find this scientifically fascinating. Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. What makes successful investors successful? There are a few traits shared by some of the great ones of our time. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing those attributes and sharing what you can do to set yourself up for success. Wouldn't you like to know if you're on track? Make sure you listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 9 a.m. Sunday on Freedom 1570. Or you can call them right now with your questions at 855-231-6010. Brighten someone's day with the free e-card from the largest online Christian greeting card site, CrossCards.com. There's one for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, or just to let someone know you care. CrossCards.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career. I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. 
I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. Oh, I am the master. You are the slave. You are in my power. Could easily be accomplished with a computer. (laughs) Amen. I am black and you are under construction. The Like It Matters radio network. I had someone text me and ask about, yes, I do send out, I send out a daily text, uh, but a lot of people just uh, follow it and it comes in the form of an email. But it's called wayofwarrior.blog, wayofwarrior.blog. And what I do is I'm also a pastor. Uh, I believe we got to deal with the spiritual component because remember, man's a three-part being. We have a body that's a machine and a lot of people don't know how that machine works. And so I teach them that. And then you have a mind that runs the body, the battles in the mind. Uh, and if you, you, if you make any change, you must do it mentally first and then it happens physically. And then the third component, we have a spirit. Whether you believe in God or not is your problem. But we are all eternal creatures. We have a spirit. That body has about a 120 year lifespan after the flood. But that spirit that occupies that body, the real essence of you, that is eternal. And you're either going to spend eternity with God, that's called heaven, or away from God, that's called hell. Keep it simple, soldier. Remember, the, wep- the n- number one weapon formed against us is confusion, which is where I want to end this session on this radio show, because I want to talk about the six logical levels. See, there are six levels of beliefs that we deal with. Uh, spirit, identity, beliefs and values, that's one, uh, capabilities, behavior, and environment. So from the top down, I just gave it to you, and I'll do from the bottom up. The lowest level is environment. Right above that is behavior. Right above that is capabilities. Right above that is beliefs slash values. Right above that is identity. And right above that is spirit. Now, a couple things with dealing with the logical levels. And if you want to reference this, you can search for uh, Robert Diltz, D-I-L-T-S, and it's called Logical Levels. For the longest time, and this is for some of you that are atheists or some of you are agnostics or some of you just don't care, you just want to fit in, so you'd rather not believe in God so your friends like you. Whatever your beliefs are, uh, you got to realize that for the longest time, there was only five logical levels. So it was environment, behavior, capabilities, beliefs, and values, and identity. They didn't have a spirit level. Why? Because NLP is all about quantification. And NLP was founded, if you will, by liberals uh, out of Berkeley. And so you know liberals don't believe in God because their God is government. So they don't believe in uh, the God of the universe. They don't believe in Jehovah and Yahweh. They well, you believe know the in thing. some esoteric. Yeah, some esoteric God, you know, some uh, generic God, you know, the thing, as he calls it, you know, he's a good Catholic, pro-abortion, pro-death, pro-gay, pro, I mean, nothing the Catholic Church agrees with, but somehow, even though he agrees totally, uh, disagrees with the Catholic Church on everything, somehow he's still a good Catholic. What? Uh, Again, it's illogical. It's illogical. So for the longest time, it stopped at identity because they didn't believe in God because you can't quantify God. But they realized this one problem because for the logical levels, here's the rule. You can never solve a problem at the same level it was created at. That's Einstein's quote. And it never made sense until I met the logical level. So in, in other words, at the old way where it stopped at identity, if you had a problem with who you were, 
with your identity, you're stuck. Because in the old model, there's nothing above self. But the new model, spirit, now they're not talking about God because most of them uh, don't want to believe in God, so they don't. When they say spirit, they're talking about your bigger connection to the universe, your purpose on this planet, your, what do you guys call that that won't believe in God, this, the, the power source, whatever you guys call it out there. I don't know what you guys call this, this inanimate thing called uh, God. I don't know. But so just let you know, that's what that means. Spirit does not necessarily mean, mean God because if you refuse to believe in God, right? That's what God says, the uh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, refusal to believe in God. That's the only unpardonable sin because you refuse to allow God to be God. So how can he forgive you since he doesn't exist? Do you understand? Logical, right? Logical. So you can never solve a problem at the same level it was created at, number one. Number two, the things at the bottom are easier to change than the things at the top. The things at the bottom do not affect things above them, but the things above do affect things below them. So... These six things, it's what I call the Hall of Fame of Beliefs. So I always like to start the top down. To me, I think it makes more sense. You got to answer the spiritual question, what is your bigger connection to the universe? Why are you here? It's a fair question. And so you got to answer that question. And what is your connection? What is the spirit? See, for me, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I follow the God of the Bible. And so I have certain beliefs that come from that. That we're all flawed and we all fall short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. That every man is in need of a savior. And that we're supposed to forgive because God's forgiven us. So no matter what anybody else has done to me, I'm called by God to forgive them. God does not call me to seek justice. God's this cry out there, no justice, no peace. Oh, man, these people better be careful because they're going to get from God exactly what they're asking God to give to everybody else. God says the same measure you use for everybody else, I will measure against you, but a portion more. And uh, God's portion is a pretty big portion. So if you're preaching justice to everybody else, God's going to deliver justice to you. And you're going to be on the short end of that stick. And you're going to get a portion more. So we don't need justice. We need peace. We need forgiveness. We need mercy. We need grace. We need to understand no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. And let me give you a quote by C.S. Lewis from the Screwtape Letters. And he ends a letter this way. And if you don't know who C.S. Lewis is and the Screwtape Letters, here's a great explanation. I found this somewhere in a great explanation. C.S. Lewis used the wonderful conceit of an old devil who's called Screwtape writing letters to his nephew, a young devil named Wormwood, and instructing him in the finer arts of temptation. In one passage, Screwtape had just finished telling Wormwood how to draw his subject away from God. See, all devils are assigned to a particular person, and gently, almost imperceptibly, their goal is to move people away from the right path. So he ends this letter this way. In, in the Screwtape letters, I think 13 letters, 14 letters. It's not really a book. It's just a letter. I've seen the, uh, the play. It's a one-man play. It's phenomenal. And here's how that letter quotes. Uh, ends. It says, quote, it does not matter how small the sins are, providing that their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into the nothing. Murder is no better than cards if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without road to hell is the gradual one. 
I'm sorry. Uh, the road to hell is a gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signpost. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the key. And we got to understand that what you do, that most important belief systems we ever create is on spirit. Now, below that is identity. And here's the question. Who are you? I would list out I am. I have in one of my classes where people sit across from each other, and with all the passion they have, they ask the same question over and over for a minute. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And this is where I say be careful what you attach your identity. Making yourself a victim. Making yourself poor. Making yourself a cancer victim. Whatever. Be careful what you attach to your identity because, boy, it has lasting impacts, and you'll act as if. So who are you? Who are you as a parent? Who are you as a friend? Who are you as a child of God or just a human being? Who are you? That's the identity part. And the beliefs and values. Notice how these all come from above. My belief in what my spirit is is going to affect my identity. I'm a child of God. Uh, I'm forgiven. Uh, I'm more than a conqueror. Do you hear all those identity questions? But where do they come from? Through my answering of the spirit question. And now when I have the identity, now my beliefs and values. See, I believe I am more than a conqueror. I believe with God by my side that I can overcome everything. I believe that God works all things out for the good for those who love him or are called according to his purpose. I believe I'm valued. I value contribution. I value making a difference. I value because that's what Jesus, do you see how that fits in? And then below there are capabilities, right? And again, notice I go back to the structural part of God. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. In my weakness, your strength is perfecter. Greater is he than is in me than he who is in the world. In your strength, I can do all things that you will for me. You see how the capabilities come in there? Those are beliefs. And then behavior. What are my beliefs? So as a Christian, I shouldn't be looking at pornography. I shouldn't be mean to my wife even if she's mean to me. I should be forgiving. I shouldn't hang out at a, a, a topless bars. I don't really need to be in a place where people are mocking God. Do you see what I'm saying? What, what does this mean about my behavior? What are my beliefs about my behavior? And then what are my beliefs about my environment? What type of places should I hang out? Where should I be on Sunday? Where should I be on Tuesday night at midnight? Where should you see? And so what I want you to do is break down these six levels, spirit, identity, beliefs, values, capabilities, behavior, environment, and list out, spend two to four minutes on each one and list out what do you believe in that regard? What do you believe in those things? That's so important. Because everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. How did we get to where we are today? Because we've allowed a camel's nose to crawl into our belief systems. It's time to go back to what we believe that made us great. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I'm helping you become more hopeful about your future and reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. Who are you? Man, winter's here, and I missed out on getting my roof done. Did you at least get your siding fixed? Nah, didn't get to that either. Well, I wouldn't worry. Just call JTR Roofing. JTR will give you an estimate and get your project on their calendar for first thing in the spring. There are a ton of roofing and siding companies. Why should I call JTR? First, check out their online reviews, like this one. JTR did the roofing and siding on our house. Fantastic. And conscientious workers. Okay. Or there's this one. I can't say enough about what great guys they are. JTR should be your first and last call. Hmm. Plus, JTR Roofing is also a locally owned company. They stand behind their work, and they'll be there for you in the years to come. 
JTR Roofing. Sounds like I better give them a call. Visit JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. JTR Roofing, windows, siding, and gutters. JTRRoofingInc.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.